This is Andy Gutierrez from StarWars.com, and you are listening to Coffee with Kenobi with Dan Z. This is the podcast you're looking for. This is James Arnold Taylor, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. Hmm, I have a good feeling about this. Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to CWK Live every Tuesday night. So almost said it. Every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, I'm your host, Dan Zare. Thrilled to be talking Star Wars with each and every one of you. Hello to our friends. Mita is here. This is the way. It's CWK Day. That is becoming like the start of the intro of every show. I love it. Mary is here. Mary, happy and or Eve. Another staple of CWK Live is happy and or Eve from Mary. Thank you. Blake, happy CWK. He says, hey, CWK fan, Blake. I never got to ask you about your trip to Alaska. Looking forward to hearing about that. Hello, Josh. Josh, one of the guests on Coffee with Kenobi last week as we broke down the episode The Eye, which we're going to give our top five of tonight, of course. Jason is here. Hello there. I actually used that line of work today. And it was glorious. And I bet you did it with style and panache, my friend. I have no doubt about that. Ben, good evening to you, sir. How are you? Good to see you. Uh, Jason, uh, Josh, Jason says to Josh, our friend Josh, Really nice job on the latest CWK. Yeah, he is, he's awesome. Daniel, hello there. Hey, another hello there. And look at Daniel's profile pic. How awesome is that? Obi-Wan Kenobi and Fall. Really? What doesn't get much better than that? Josh, Ben also extends it. He says, just listen to it tonight. Your insight was great. Yeah, he's got a real future in podcasting that, Josh, doesn't he? Excellent stuff. You should see his live panel. He, he and the team at Legal Geeks are amazing. So... Jamie is here, too. Speaking of amazing, hello, Jamie. Great to see you. Nice to have you here on CWK Live. We've got a fun show for you tonight and a couple of bonus things that just happened uh, earlier today that I'm excited to chat with you about. I'm going to give your top five most from the episode from episode six of Andor the Eye. we got some Star Wars news, including a new collecting campaign and your comments and questions. Ross is here as well. Howdy, Ross. Great to see you, brother. As is Brian. Hello, Brian. Happy CWK Tuesday to you. Uh, it's great to see all of you. My goodness, it makes me very, very happy. You know what else makes me happy? Uh, when people reach out to me and say, hey, I just booked a trip with MEI and Mouse Fan Travel to join you and other members of the Coffee with Kenobi family on the Star Cruiser. That's right. In case you missed it, we are going June 12th to the 14th, uh, the summer of 2023. There are a few limited rooms available. And we hope to be able to hang out with you there on the ship. Tom Gross is going to be with me, Corey Club, Mason Z, Mason Zare. My son is going to be there. It's going to be his 10th birthday on June 12th. So that's going to be a really great place to celebrate. We hope to see all of you there. If you're interested or just want to get a no cost, no obligation quote, go to coffeewithkenobi.com slash mousefantravel and then sign up for the Star Cruise and let them know that you want to join the Coffee with Kenobi experience. And they will get that process started for you. Again, it is a no-cost, no-obligation quote. So there isn't any pressure to book it or anything like that. Truly, there isn't. But I just want to let it, you know so that you can make a decision that's best for you and your family. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into what is brewing in the world of Star Wars this week. Today... Today, <laughs> yeah, well, true. Jason says, by the way, Dan, I see the beard making this big comeback. Yes, Jason, you are correct, good sir. Kind of, I, I guess I was inspired by the um, 
the look of Daniel and his awesome beard, his Obi-Wan Kenobi beard. And Ross, of course, always has the great facial hair. But yeah, I like having a beard when it's getting colder. And today it was in the 40s. Uh, last night it was in the 20s. It even snowed a little bit in Illinois, which is crazy. So yeah, and when it gets cold, Teacher Dan becomes Beard Teacher Dan. So yes, it's back. Back in business. Daniel says, doing a Make-A-Wish sent off event next week to Glad Take Star Cruiser for Yearling. Oh, Daniel, that is wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful. I, I really can't think of a more wonderful experience, and hopefully things work out well for that youngster, for that youngling. But thank you for sharing that with us, Daniel. Hope it goes absolutely beautifully. Today, transitioning a little bit, um, today uh, there was a big announcement. Um, Star Wars and Disney consumer products are starting a new campaign. It's going to last through December 13th. It is Star Wars Bring Home the Galaxy. Every Tuesday, they're going to release new Star Wars merchandise and collectibles to get you ready for the holiday season. Ben says, my wife has forgotten what I look like without a beard. I know, and the day, when you do, because I always shave mine like in the late spring, and it's always like a weird moment in our house where everyone's like, who are you? So yeah, I'm, I'm sure, Ben, that you will... If you ever trimmed yours or whatever, you would get that same thing. So let's look at some of the new products from Star Wars Bring Home the Galaxy. Again, that is going to appear every Tuesday. Some new merchandise, which is cool. First, Andrew Harrison, uh, of course, is a regular on Coffee with Kenobi in the CWK Cafe as well. But he got this. It's the deluxe. I don't know if deluxe is the right word, but the, the massive Mandalorian ship, the Razor Crest. It's significantly larger than the one that I built a couple years ago. I guess it's called the Ultimate Collector Series. I had to turn around and look at my land speeder one. But this is a massive, massive machine. It's been out for, for a small amount of time, but it's one of the showcase pieces here, and it is it's gorgeous. If you want to see the build itself, Andrew Harrison has been building it in the CWK Cafe, and every time he opens a new bag, he posts pictures. It's really cool. Be sure to check it out. All right, feature today is some stationery, a stationery gift set. That was one of the featured things that they uh, showed us today on the this new campaign. And I'm looking up the actual company that does it. Uh, I will say on coffeewithkenobi.com, all of these things are available. There are some links there for you to purchase them if you're interested at all. So this is, let's see. Star Wars stationary gift set from Aaron Condren. It was Star Wars inspired flair. So there you go. Some fun stuff there. Is that the Mithril? I think it is, Jason. I think it is. Let's go back. Let's go back and see. It is. It is the Mithril. And then you've got um, one of the, uh, oh my gosh, I know how to spell it. It's got a couple of extra vowels in it. Oh my gosh, why can't I think of the name of that creature? You know what it is, and I know what it is. Oh my goodness, I've spelled it so many times for different things that I've had to do. Well, <laughs> that's why you look things up in books. Mita says, I could use that stationery for my office. I know, you should. All right, so I put this up here because it's insanely cute. Look at it. I think it's going to be a blurg. Yes, of course. Yeah, two, two, the two cons is going to be B-L-U-R-R-G. That's how you spell blurg. Yep. So not, not only was I wrong about the name, but I was wrong about the vowel versus concept. Well, I had a 50-50 shot. So this is going to be on, this is on Shop Disney. It is um, Ewoks in Christmas. You've got some decorations. You've got some gingerbread TIE fighters. You've got a snowball, Death Star. I mean, come on. It's like the cutest thing ever. So 
I would love to get that. That is very, very fun. That is again on Shop Disney. The Funko Advent Calendar. When I saw this, I wondered about uh, Ross and those of you out there who are big Funko fans. But every day you can get a new Star Wars themed Funko. They're like a miniature one, but that's a pretty fun thing. Uh, Daniel agrees that how cute that Ewok thing is. Mita needs a, that tree for the desk. Well, Mita, just just get the um, just get the shopping cart ready, my friend, because there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. All right, this uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, this uh, trooper from Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, from Koto. Oh my gosh, I, man, do I need glasses or is that the situation? Is that really what's going on here? That's pretty sad. It's just, um, it's a beautiful statue of the Purge Trooper from Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And when I saw it, I was like, wow, are you kidding me? Who isn't a Funko fan? Ben, I like Funko, but I only have like a couple. Um, I've got some cool Christmas ones that I put up in my classroom. Uh, they're not Star Wars related, but they has like a Captain America snowman. I've got a, a Batman as Ebenezer Scrooge. I've got some fun ones. I'm actually tempted to get a Michael Myers Halloween one, but that's... That's a whole other thing. Uh, okay. So this clone trooper helmet is just was just announced today from Hasbro as well. All of the Black Series helmets, and this is phase two, of course. All of the Black Series helmets are just incredible. Absolutely incredible. No, it's phase three, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but so cool. Uh, Mary says things start to fall apart. No, no, that's not it. <laughs> that's not it. I just couldn't remember Blurg for some reason. There's a lot of Star Wars knowledge uh, up there, right? And sometimes it just falls into the wrong files. Let's just go with that. Maybe I, I sent something to trash by mistake. <laughs> okay, so speaking of Hasbro, here's the retro line. And you know I'm going to showcase this because it's my absolute favorite thing that Hasbro does. Uh, they took a selection, I believe, of six figures from Return of the Jedi. And they are showcasing them. First, we've got the Biker Scout. Arguably one of the most popular, one of the more popular figures in the Return of the Jedi line. So there's the Biker Scout in the package, and then there's one outside of the package as well on the right. Next, we've got Han Solo from Endor with his camo coat. And it's uh, the, the, the sculpt of Harrison looks a little bit different in the face. He's a little more smiley in this retro one, but it is great fun. The blaster is consistent, the scale. I mean, as you know, again, broken record here, but I love the retro line so much. Next, you got Lando Calrissian in his skiff guard disguise. You can take the helmet off and on just like you could the original. And the package on the left. Uh, also, I guess I should mention, as we saw a few weeks ago, the 40th anniversary Return of the Jedi logo with Vader on it. And then you've got Lando without the package uh, on the right-hand side. Pretty cool. It seems like a lot of these, well, let's see, you've got, so this is Endor, obviously. The Biker Scout is Endor. That's Endor. This is Tatooine. And this next one, yeah, it's Tatooine, but it's a lot of places. But the, the this is iconic. This is Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight. I told this recently on a podcast. I can't remember if it was on Coffee with Kenobi or another podcast. I guessed it on. Gosh, I can't remember. But here's the deal. Uh, when I first saw this figure, I didn't even know that the figures were available yet. This was back in 1983. And my friend said, hey, look, this is Luke Skywalker. So we immediately ran to Toys R Us after school, and I grabbed this one. Because this is, like, one of the coolest figures ever. I liked it. It's got 
a bit of a lighter cape. That was sort of an, a famous thing from the original line. You've got his green lightsaber, the blaster, and he, the hood goes over his head. But to me, this is a must sag. This is a must get. Matthew is here. He says, hello, everyone. Sorry I'm late. Couldn't find a link. Happy Kenobi Tuesday. Great to see you, buddy. Great to have you here. Josh says, these bring back memories. They're really nice. Blake says, Scout Trooper is my favorite trooper design. I already have an original one from this launch, but might have to invest in a new one. You know what? I've already kind of decided that uh, I'm going to get, I used to get two of every one and I'd hang the retro one on the, on the wall here in my studios. You see when we do the, the live shots, but I'm just going to get them and open them and just display them and, and just mess with them and pose them. It's just, they're just so cool. Love them. And then we've got Boosh, a uh, Princess Leia Organa. When I was a kid, I thought, I thought it was Bausch, but apparently it's Boosh. But there you go. That's another famous figure. This one is also from Tatooine, which is really neat from Jabba's Palace. Matthew says, didn't the lightsaber come out of the arm on the old times? My Vader did. They did for Luke and Obi-Wan and Vader for the original Star Wars figures, but not for Return of the Jedi and not for the Empire Strikes Back either. Uh, then last, the Emperor himself. So that, that he is, of course, not from Tatooine or from anywhere except for the Death Star in Return of the Jedi. Not from not on Endor, although he mentions Endor naturally. Believe it or not, and I can't believe this, but I never had the Emperor. It was like towards the end of when Star Wars was be, the beginning of the end of Star Wars being like fully in the in this dead center of the zeitgeist because it sort of faded out, of course, during the dark times, and it comes back in the mid-90s. So pretty significant. And I never bought him because I mean I think, at least for me, the Emperor, I didn't like the Emperor until the Phantom Menace. I just thought he was this mean, old, cranky guy that was bossy and was in charge of Darth Vader. And it bugged me when I was a kid. And it just kind of fell out of my mind. So I never bought him. But I'm definitely getting this. And of course, the Emperor, I think, is one of the most fascinating characters now. But I feel like Phantom Menace really added to the to the amazingness of that. So, okay. So there's some great stuff here, right? Really cool stuff. Uh, Jason says, you mentioned that all this merch will be shown on the CWK website because that's pretty much going to be my Christmas list. Yeah. So we're going to post some highlights on Coffee with Kenobi. Stars.com has a great article for it right now. And so does uh, Shop Disney. So those are the three places you can look, Jason. There's going to be, you're going to have a lot of options for your Christmas list. That is for sure. Okay. So let's go ahead and jump into why the main reason we're all here today. Top five moments from Andor the Eye, episode six. Quite an episode. We say this every week, but, you know, episodes four and five, really three, the end of three, and then four and five led up to this epic, epic episode that people have been raving about since it aired. So we're going to share our top fives from the Eye. Again, an episode that I really enjoyed reviewing with Josh and Craig Dickinson from Reading Between the Reels that you can hear this week on Coffee with Kenobi. Let's get that number five ready to roll here. Uh, Josh, it's the showrunners are delivering every week. Yes, they are. It is. It's another level. It really is absolutely another level. Okay, number five. Here we go. From the eye. Number five for me. The eye is spectacle. So let me explain what that means. Uh, just the visual effects of this. I mean, at first you see a couple of things that look like comets or whatever shooting over the sky. And I think, well, that's really nice. 
but then you just in the back of your mind, at least I thought initially, well, there's got to be more. Is that really why everyone's so excited? I mean, it is a nice natural wonder, but what on whatever. And then it just explodes. It's just a perfect backdrop. All this beauty masking the ugliness that's going on inside that Imperial compound, both from Rebels and Imperials, as we talked about in great detail on Coffee with Kenobi this week. But just as a spectacle, I thought it was a nice kind of an escape. Really beautifully done. So that's my number five. So this is where you, of course, can jump on in and share your top fives. Mary is doing that right away. She says, Vel and Cinta's connection. The farewell before they separate during the heist. Hope we see Cinta again. I do too. That's a good one. Josh is number five. I concur the FX was very well done. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Number five for Jason is Nicholas. Nicholas Bertel's music continues to be an integral part of the series. The suspense and drama wouldn't be what it is without the music. And I agree. It's it's really wonderful. It's I feel like it's just a very sophisticated uh, musical piece every week. I mean, Star Wars always does that. But these are, I don't know, it's just, it's just, there's something different. I don't really know. I can't really talk music. I mean, I can tell you, you know, what albums a lot of the Beatles songs are on and I can do stuff like that or I can name any song from like the the 50s to about mm, late 90s and then after that I'm completely worthless to you when it comes to music trivia but this music is just it just really there's something about it that I really like Ben's number five the moment when there was no music leading up to Vel making the go or no go decision it really made the tension palpable that's a great call uh, Means is number five. The visual effects for the comments uh, scene was the comet scene was breathtaking. Absolutely gorgeous. I agree. Uh, let's see. Blake's number five. The forearm doctor at the end trying to save that one young guy. His design felt very Star Wars. Yeah, he really stood out. Uh, Doctor Quackpot or Quadpot or I don't remember what his name is, but yeah, he felt very Star Wars to me. Number five for us. Skeen showing his true colors after the escape to Dr. Quadpaw's office. There it is. Yes. Uh, I talk about that a lot, and I'm still... There was a part of me when I first watched it, and I said this on Coffee with Kenobi this week. There was a part of me that was like, oh, gosh, was he just still testing Cassian, or, or was he telling the truth? But we'll never know, because Cassian sort of took that decision away. Jamie's number five. I the same, Dan. Celebration of the eye itself. I appreciate the use of some visual effects here. Northern Lights hold my beer. Oh, that's funny. I like that, Jamie. That's good. Brian's number five, the act of locking the door. Door locks, action starts, suspense cracks up. I like how you paste that, the phraseology there, Brian. That's cool. Daniel's number five, the Commandant's uniform. Wow, first time to see Trim on the Imperial Collar and Cuff. Character two is played so well. And I love that you said that, Daniel, because you would know because of your expertise uh, in that field of Star Wars. So yeah, that is that is true. I really feel like an interesting and important thing is they're humanizing Imperials. I mean, not fully. Let's not get crazy. Uh, but I do think there's a moment of empathy uh, when he cares about his family that we've never seen before, really, as an Imperial. So that, I'm glad you brought that up, just noticing um, the collar and the cuffs and the, the play of the character itself. All right, let's go to number four. The Eye and Spiritual Community. Now, now, all of mine are not about the Eye. But uh, I love that this, not only is it beautiful visually, but what it means spiritually to everyone in that moment, like Imperials, the native Donnie, uh, even Cassian and his crew can't help but be a little 
you know, blown away by nature in, in the spiritual connection that we all share. And, um, perhaps I'm reading too much into that, but you know, that's kind of my, that's kind of my shtick. Um, so I just loved it. I thought it was really lovely, really, really cool. There's a lot of harmony there in, in the middle of chaos. Again, it's just a very amazing blanket over the ugliness that's going on. But for those brief moments, there's like the spiritual connection to the wonders of the galaxy. And I just thought it was so lovely. Let's see what everybody else has. Uh, Mary says, Ross, I had this scene as number five, then I put it as an honorable mention. Well, okay. Blake's four. Enjoy the scenery of the planet. It's nice to see a show filmed at a beautiful location that relying on the volume. Yeah, I do feel like um, it is making a difference. I really do. Not that there's anything wrong with the volume. I know you're not saying that either, but I just it just makes a difference. Josh, number four, our ghost has strong hands and long memories, which is a great line that you brought up, I believe, on the show. A great line. Ross is four, Vel's nerves and stalling on the go. Call it how much it unnerved everyone else as they were waiting. That made me so nervous. That made me so nervous. I kept saying, come on. A great use of building tension. Number four for Jason, the TIE fighter launch from the Alkenzi Air Base. Just a really cool sequence to watch. That was really exciting. And it just, I like how it was sophisticated, but it also made the TIEs look kind of primitive. But it just very much lined up with the, the New Hopes footage. It was just really beautiful. Mary's for the editing between the heist and the celebration of the eye. It really put a great pace to these two activities happening at the same time. Yes, I know. Isn't that cool? Again, this... These sort of point-counterpoint situations, uh, they're like mirrors to each other. Jamie's for Bell's hesitation just to say the word go. I was almost telling her from my couch to get to move on. I was too. The pace itself, I was on my the edge of my seat. Heart, my, I was on my edge. I was on edge. I'll try it again. My heart racing for almost the entire episode. I was too. I was like, my palms were legitimately sweating. So I was like, dude, this is so tense. It was really cool. Very well done. Mintas for the community was still able to celebrate despite the Empire's presence. Truly breathtaking. Very breathtaking. Just really well done. Daniels for the Meteor Eye Show itself. Really pleasant to watch. And we were in awe. Now when no wonder the Aldani are linked to it. You know, it's, I love that everyone is bringing this up early on because I just think it's important. Ben for everything Nemec. He stole every scene in this episode. I loved his ultimate sacrifice. What that could mean for Cassian. Yeah, I, I hated to see what happened to Nemec. That was... Uh, He's just a great character. He really is. Daniel, was anyone else like literally on the edge of the sofa out of breath? No, I was like, I was nervous. I tell you, my palms were sweating. I was like tense. It was like horror movie tense. It was great. Brian's for Nemec using the antiquated nav device to get through the eye. Wasn't that cool? I like, I like when they acknowledge different parts of technology as antiquated stuff versus current stuff and how the current stuff wouldn't be current like in the new timeline or anything like that it just it's just fun it just shows that it makes it kind of it gives it sort of a a real feel to it like a real technological advancements feel to it just the different ranges of where technology is in the star wars universe i really like all right let's go to number three number three i have aqua jets look not incredibly profound but anytime you use anything with scuba and underwater stuff, I'm going to love it, especially in Star Wars. And here's one quick shot of Vel and, um, gosh, Vel and Sinta going underwater. And I just thought, yeah, I even wrote it down. Yeah, Aqua. And I, I just made up the name Aqua Jets. I don't know what the official title is, but I just really like that. It's 
Is it is it worth a number three on my list? I don't know, but I just I just loved it. It was just it was just fun. It wasn't profound, but it was just cool. Just cool. Means is three. You'll hang for this. Seven years with you, I deserve worse. That isn't a burn. I don't know what is. I know, right? It's that it was a pretty pretty slick one. Josh is three. The TIE Fighter's Kremlin like a World War II movie. Yeah, that's that's good. I'm sure that was not by accident. Jason's number three. The visual effects of the eye, stunningly beautiful. So good. Number three, ferocity exchange between Nemec and Clem at the beginning of the episode. Casting showed his wisdom to the thinker of the group. Yes, that was a, an excellent sequence. Ben Caldwellpedia make Aqua, Aqua Jet's official canon. Yep. Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. Daniel's number three. The ship escapes through the eye and the TIE fighters in pursuit, which was very exciting. And it was it was very welcome. I mean, I haven't missed the action because I like the story. But it was welcome to see that, for sure. Jamie 3 Luthan's reaction to the news of the attack and heist. Validation that his efforts have paid off in this early step in the growth of the rebellion. Yeah, that's cool. I like that, too. I forgot about that. Blake's 3, the TIE fighters and the pilots. Everything from them entering the ships to flying around was shot beautifully. Yes, it was. It very much was. Very exciting. Very well-paced. Very welcoming. Okay, I think that's everybody. Oh, geez. Sorry about that. Uh, let's see, uh, I think everybody's got their number three, so let's go ahead and jump into number... Oh, here's Ryan's three. Nemec and Cassian's discussion of Nemec's dissertation. Now, mercenaries could be used against the Empire. Good one, Ross Holloman. So, I hope we get, like, a publication of that. That would be cool. Mary's three. Nemec guiding through them through the eye after he was crushed by the money, which was really kind of a haunting scene. Him telling Cassian to climb, what an important word for Cassian at that point, and then five years later on Scarif. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. That's cool. Uh, three. Lieutenant Gorn's knowledge of the Aldani people. He loves the people enough to learn their culture, language, beliefs, everything, and is real. I deserve worse. That's powerful. I love Lieutenant Gorn. He was just, I was bummed to see what happened to him. All right, let's go into number two. The Donny people. So similar to number four, but instead of focusing on the overall spiritual, I just want to focus on the Donny people. And they're, um, we see certainly colonialism as they try to slowly try to eradicate them. It's pretty clear that's what they're trying to do through their own version of systemic racism, quite honestly, uh, with uh, putting in cheap liquor areas and just doing all these things and, and just slowly eradicating their numbers. That, I mean, that's what they say they're going to, that's what the Empire says they're going to do. But the spirit of that elder tribesman, whose name I do not know, is just so amazing and inspiring to me. The fact that he's holds to his beliefs, he's very aware of what's going on, but he refuses to give up his culture and his traditions. And I admire that so much. I feel like every every day that passes, that becomes more and more important to me and my family and our faith and what we believe in. And it just I think there's some really great real world world stuff. And the Donny people and their love of not only the eye, but their land and their traditions and their routines. And I just found that to be really lovely. I mean, we've seen stuff like that, tribal things and uh, native things before, but I feel like this had more gravitas than anything I've seen in Star Wars when it comes to this particular concept. Number two, for Aminta Nemec, he sacrificed his life to help the crew escape. But the most was that he told Cassian to... Oh, we already, I already said that one. Uh, Josh's two is the shootout. 
Uh, oh my gosh, did I just rewind myself? I'm lost. Wow. Maybe it is, Mary, what you said earlier. Pretty fun. Mary says, Lutheran's reaction to the news of the heist at the same time that Senate reacts to it is Mon Mothma's making a speech, which was really kind of haunting in its own way. Blake's too, seeing how the Imperials talk down about the locals on the planet, a lot of their dialogue shows how terrible their reign was with people in the galaxy. You got that right, my friend. Daniels too, the Cassian and Skeen scene did not see that coming. Wow. Cassian is ruthless. He really has not changed much in Rogue One either. Hopefully he gets the Rebel on soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm really wondering if we're going to see... Well, I feel like we have seen that that guy is there somewhere. But it's hard to undo old habits, right? Jason's to the continual portrayal of the character's humanity, especially shown the Imperial com Commandant's family and Vel's hesitation to greenlight the operation. The humanity, I think, is what ultimately has always brought me to Star Wars, and it's really on full display here. Uh, ben. Simply the fact that you can't tell the heroes from the villains here. Exactly. This heist was real, messy, and a painful reality of the cost of being rebels. We haven't seen Star Wars like this, but it feels so real. Yes, it does. Well said, Ben. Brian's too, the engineer picking up the rebel chatter. This episode would have been 100% differently if he hadn't kept at his post. I know, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, Jamie's too, love Nemec, but we knew he was going to die when they had the discussion about being tired and you'll sleep when you're done. I know, kind of a scary little harbinger, wasn't it? Ross is too how cool and direct Cinta is. She showed so much during the episode, and it'll be interesting to see her impact in the future. Yeah, I feel like she's got to come back, don't you? Uh, okay, I think that's everybody, and I'm going to jump into my number one. Number one here for me, I'm a little bit behind. Clan versus Skeen, I'm guessing we're going to see a lot of that for number one because it's quite a powerful thing. Uh, I didn't expect that. I certainly didn't expect Cassian to shoot him. And as I said before, I thought that Skeen was still testing Cassian for some strange reason. And then when he shot him, I'm like, well, okay then. That uh, escalated quickly. Uh, so uh, for shock value, for narrative weight and structure, uh, and tying things together and showing who Cassian is and continues to be. And also the fact that he's a little bit... He's a little shook by what he did, too. Uh, you know, will there be fallout from this? Probably. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, though. It'll be interesting to see. Mita's number one. Cassian's journey, even though he's just completed the mission, he can sense there's more to come. For sure. Uh, Josh. Cassian showing at a moral center by not betraying Vel after being tempted by Skeen. Yes, shooting Skeen was at least manslaughter, but the right call. Moreover, he returned the Sky Kyber and only took what he was contracted to be paid for his services. So he shows... Uh, honor among thieves kind of a thing. So you're right about that, of course. Mary's number one, the special effects of the eyes, the special effects of music were amazing in this episode. I concur. Ross is number one, climb. I mean, I've got it in Orabesh on my forearm. I don't think I knew that. Did I? So Nemec demanding here was an unexpected surprise that gave me chills. That's cool. Jason number one is RIP. Rest in peace, Nemec. He was a rebel I most related to. I gasped when he sustained his injuries and was sad at his death. I was too. I, I did not want him to, to die. Blake's one. The spectacle in the sky and the spirituality behind it for the locals. As a Christian, the spiritual themes and stars always hit home runs for me. Or hit home for me. And I'm surprised they pulled that off on a show like this. Plus, it was a stunning visual. Maybe one of the best in Star Wars. I agree, man. Uh, Jamie's on one. Same as mine. Clem versus Skeen. Also, I wasn't rooting against Skeen, but it was fascinating to watch Skeen. He's so judgmental early on, then the fact he was a bit of a fraud himself. 
Here, here. Mary says, Ross, I love that tattoo. I, I feel I'm sure I've seen it, but you know. Uh, Ben's on one. Cassian's moral dilemma with skiing. Simone has, sin, has sat with me all week. I'd say it, but right choice. Yep. Agreed. I agree. It wasn't easy, but didn't really give him a lot of options, did he? Number one for Daniel, the overall excitement through this whole episode. I've not felt like that in some time watching anything. Wow. Gilroy does a good job of, great job of writing the previous episodes and developing the characters to make me care and be so vested. Here, here. Brian's number one, showing the reality there is no black and white in life. Imperials versus Rebels. Cassian versus Skeen. The moral compass of the show seems to point to one direction, then spin around like Captain Jack's compass. That's a nice reference. And I agree. And again, this is it's just been so cool to me. It's across K2's torso, the one I got in Anaheim. Okay. Well, I, I was actually picturing K2. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Noted, sir. Well, the next time we hang out, hopefully sooner rather than later, you'll have to refresh my memory on that particular aspect. For sure. Well, thank you, everybody. This was a great list. I love the detail. I love the insights. I love that we sort of have our little Star Wars homework that we do and we share all this together. And, you know, again, whether you're catching this live right now, and we've got a, a nice turnout of people, so I really, truly appreciate that. You can also listen to the audio feed later. Everywhere you listen to Coffee with Kenobi's podcast and, of course, on our YouTube channel. I used to upload it to Instagram also, but it's not taking long-form videos like that as far as I can figure, so it's okay. It's on YouTube, and it's on Coffee with Kenobi's Facebook page, and again, the audio, of course, on Coffee with Kenobi. Jason, it's so interesting to go back and watch the last few episodes. All the things that Skeen was accusing Cassian of or giving him a hard time were actually reflections of his own true intentions, which, again, not again, but that, that makes sense to me, what you said, Jason. That's really good. Because that's kind of our psychology, isn't it? We tend to be, like, the most gruff or resistant to the things from other people that we actually don't really like about ourselves. So... Pretty neat. Really interesting. So next week, of course, of course, we're going to look at episode seven of Andor, which again airs Wednesday, October 19th. I know I will be looking at it uh, tomorrow morning, and I know you will as well. Looking forward to seeing that. So get your top five list ready so that next Tuesday we can discuss your top five most from Andor episode seven. And of course, tomorrow night I will be breaking it down on Coffee with Kenobi. So let's go ahead and jump into Ask Dan Z. Shall we? Let's do it. All right, friends. So go ahead and ask uh, Dan Z. You can ask me anything about Star Wars or podcasting or what's going on. Uh, Mary says, I think David Modest can give us Great insight to Jason's last comment. I agree with that. And again, Jason's comment was, it's all things that Skeen was accusing Cassian of or giving him a hard time for were actually reflections of his own true intentions. So yeah, David, love to hear what you think about that. Just go ahead and post it in the CWK Cafe, my friend. I know you listen to the audio feed. Brian, what's your favorite episode of Andor so far? I only I know only six. Huh, I, could, I think I could more easily tell you my favorite episode of She-Hulk. Uh, the Andor one's tricky. I think probably three, honestly, because it had a perfect blend of the slow burn building over the first two, all the stuff with the, the Imperial wannabes, and then uh, the great action sequence and Luthen recruiting Cassie. And I just feel like it had a nice blend of everything, but they've all been cool for different reasons. But I think the third one for sure for me. 
Please tell me you're catching up on Rings of Power. I still have not watched the second of the Rings of Power, Ben. And it's not on purpose. Uh, a lot of people keep telling me how great it is. I just haven't gotten a chance. But I know everyone seems to love it. Out of real life, Star Wars, Places the Stars has been filmed. Which one do you most want to visit? You know, I really want to go to the Lars Homestead. I would love to go to Tunisia and Africa and, and just walk there and stand up and look at the Twin Suns and go down. I would, gosh, I think that'd be so cool. I, what about you guys? I think that'd just be so fun. Dawson Harrison Ford being a part of the Marvel Universe. Um, I think it's the greatest thing. I love it. Are you kidding me? Harrison Ford is forever. And seeing him in my, one of my other favorite movie franchises is terrific. It's terrific. I'm thrilled. I didn't find out till this morning. I saw Jim Hill, uh, my old podcast and buddy. I saw he tweeted a variety varieties post about that, and I was absolutely jacked when I saw it. It's great. Is that shipwreck on the on your on the shelf? Yeah, man. I got him in the mail today. Super Seven pre-ordered him. I've not opened him yet, but yeah, shipwreck. And he's a great looking figure. He is just really cool. Sorry for the glare, but yeah, that's shipwreck, dude. Good catch, Ross. Good catch. Uh, Andrew is here. He says, Rings of Power is fantastic. Andrew, we were, I was just recommending to people to go to the CWK Cafe and look at you build your Razor Crest and how you post pictures of every bag. He's the man you want to see. Uh, Matthew, looking forward to seeing Harrison in the MCU. I am too. It's going to be phenomenal. Ben, twist on Blake's question, which place would you visit in the Star Wars universe if it were real? Hmm. Well, I mean, Naboo is nice before, you know, the Emperor kind of gets his... Um, Operation Cinder going. Um, uh, if I had enough, no, I, I I love cold weather, but I wouldn't want to go to Hoth. I mean, I think everybody would say probably Scarif, right? Uh, before the Imperial occupation. What about you, Matthew? Loves shipwreck. Um, Brian says, speaking of, have you played the GI Joe deck building game? No, but uh, Tom Gross has it, and he was telling me it's cool. So, yeah, I I would love to check it out. I was hoping somebody would ask me about the new Halloween because I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Actually, this week on Pour Over, uh, well, I don't know if I'm going to release it this week or next, but we're we're going to talk about the original Halloween. It's, that's going to be fun. It's not Star Wars related, but that's the fun stuff we do on Pour Over. We talk about the different pop culture things, Star Wars stuff behind the scenes of Coffee with Kenobi, Marvel Cinematic Universe, fun, crazy lists. All kinds of great stuff like that. But if you want to listen to CWK Pour Over, you have to become a member of the CWK Alliance. That is our Patreon page. Uh, it's a place for you to um, support the show and help me live this amazing Star Wars lifestyle that I'm fortunate to have because of all of you. And you get something out of it as well because you get access to CWK Pour Over, our weekly exclusive podcast. And not only that... Uh, but 10% of your monthly contributions go directly to the St. Jude Children's Hospital. So that is something that is the best part about all of it, quite honestly. Ben says, Coruscant and Scarif. Good choices. Uh, Aaron says, I'm glad you liked Halloween Ends. I've seen a lot of negative about it. I love it. I think it's, I'm going to go so far as to say it's like the last Jedi of, well, it's not as smart as the last Jedi, but as far as taking risks with the story, I think it's really cool. So, Okay, everybody. That's going to do it for this week's CWK Live. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining me as we talked about your top five favorite moments from Andor, the I. Join me next week on Tuesday as we look at episode seven together and get our top five list ready. This week on Coffee with Kenobi, we'll break that episode down. 
I'm hoping to have a bonus Coffee with Kenobi episode release this week as well. So you'll get the Facebook Live show. You'll get the regular Coffee with Kenobi with the Andor breakdown. And then a bonus interview that I'm really excited about. I've already reported it. Um, I just want to surprise you. I just want to surprise you when you see it. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's, a, it's from a creator I really like. Josh, take care, buddy. Jason, great show tonight. I really appreciate everyone's thoughts and insights. I always look forward to Tuesdays. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate chatting with you and having you here. Mary, have a great week. Ben, enjoy Andor and Minta. May the force be with you. Andrew, good night, pal. Uh, Brian says, enjoy tomorrow's... Ross says, enjoy tomorrow's episode, friends. We will do, my friend. Brian, have a great rest of the week. This is the Tuesday you were looking for. You got that right, my friend. Daniel, may the force be with you. Blake, uh, night night, fam. Good times talking the wars together. Blake, appreciate your top five, buddy. That's awesome. Thanks so much. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Uh, on behalf of Mason, he wants to say go Padres. So we're going to be rooting for the Padres tonight. We need to do a group watch. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Let's I think let's let's think about that. That would be fun, Daniel. Good idea. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks again. This podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Coffee with Kenobi unless otherwise indicated. This is the podcast you're looking for. 